right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up Podcast. Solly here, back in the kill house. It feels like it's been forever since we've sat around on a Sunday night and done a show here. TC is here. Hello, TC. Hello. I'm trying to think when the last time was. Uh, it's been a uh, couple, at least a month or so, something around there. Couldn't recruit any of our other guys uh, to actually work tonight, so we had to go way down the list, pull in our guy, young hitter Justin Huber, Corn Ferry Tour player. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Justin. Uh, yeah, got a bit of a journeyman. Uh, played... Probably the last six or seven years had status on the Corn Ferry Tour, uh, besides one year where I played Latin America. I uh, played some Hooters Tour at the beginning, uh, now 34 years old, and have second stage of Q school in a couple weeks. So we've been around the block. We are gonna. T- <laughs> we brought Justin in a little bit just to chat about. We haven't really done a whole debrief on the Corn Ferry Tour finals and some projecting out some guys, uh, some of the talent from that list. And so we brought Justin in to help us out a little bit with that couple things to update you guys on. We could talk about Sam Burns winning with the Chrome Soft X golf ball. We're not going to. Could talk about Danny Willett winning with the Chrome Soft X golf ball. But guess what? We're not going to do that either. If you're looking for an everyday shoe, and I this is the best-named shoe I can think of, the Daily from Quater by Travis Matthew, because I truly do wear these shoes almost every day. I'm going to show you guys right now. I'm wearing them right now. It is the perfect everyday shoe, all day, every day, designed for versatility, your casual go-with-everything go shoe, but even better, it's the Quater's best-selling shoe is the Daily. It's available in premium fabrications like knit, wool, and suede. Each fabrication comes in multiple colors, including popular options as the heather gray pinstripe and the quiet shade. Uh, with the inclusion of Quater's signature sweet spot cushioning system, the Daily provides you with comfort and support you need throughout the day. As featured in GQ and Esquire, the Daily offers comfort and style that can be beat, giving you the, the versatility to wear them all day, every day. Head to Quater.com at C-U-A-T-E-R.com. Take 20% off your Quater order at checkout when you use code NLU20. That's 20% off your entire order at Quater.com when you use code NLU20. They're great flying shoes. I got a couple. I, I travel in them. I wear them so much. I got a couple new pair downstairs that I was thrilled to see when I walked in the kill house. But Sam Burns, that dude has just gone out and got it this year. Felt like he has played enough golf to have won more than once in 2021, and now it is official. He has. What do you see when you when you watch Sam Burns play golf? You were uh, Sam Burns is truly one of the best putters I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> he had negative strokes. He won this week without. Yeah, I, I watched it. I caught a good bit of it this week, and uh, I watched how. I mean, he hit fairway after fairway, and was he hits it a long ways. Throwing it back a couple years before, when he the year he got his card, played with him in Springfield, Missouri, final round. And after the round, I texted the Odyssey rep and said, "Build me the exact putter Sam Burns uses. Loft, lie, length, everything. I need to know if it's him or if it's the putter." <laughs> long story short, that putter's in two pieces in my garage, but. It was him. Uh, it's, it, it was him. And it was the greens there, like pretty slow, bent grass, and like they got grain and bumpy, whatever. His ball did not bounce once all day. It was the most impressive thing. And mm. he hits, he, he's a, obviously he hits it great, but his speed all day was a foot by. Every ball looked like it wanted to go in. I was like, this is ridiculous. I'm leaving him like two feet short, blowing it three feet by, and my ball's skidding everywhere. And he just, he flat out rolled it. And, mm. I think he'll. I told Sarah today I was watching, and when he was on 12, 
think he was one back or maybe tied. Either way, I was like, he's going to win by two. Yeah. Like he's dialed and and then he went on. I, I think he, I, I didn't see his last. I saw him hit it in the bunker, but from then I knew he'd take care of it. He had 13 top 25s last season. And he had like six top threes or something like that. They, had, they flashed a graphic that he led the tour. It was in the top three going into the last round. Gotcha. Through 54 holes. Which gotcha. with him, it seems like it's, it's very much like the talent's always been there. Talking to a few other players, you know, a couple of years ago, even it was a matter of like just keeping him from doing stupid shit course management wise, yeah. you know, just kind of putting together four rounds of golf. And he right? swings hard every time. I love it. Like it's a, Full on. I'm. If I got driver in my hand, he's gonna. He's not hitting a little squeezy one to hit the fairway. It's like, here's my driver. I'm gonna take advantage of it. And he wails. And he was striving. He looks like to me that he's playing with a. I would just call freed up. He seems freed up when he gets in contention. Now he plays like he has nothing to lose. And I cannot imagine that's very easy to do. No. <laughs> Can you speak to that at least a little bit? I. The shot that stuck out today was 17. He. Pipes a drive and he hits a wedge to the like short side of the hole. When you got a two shot lead, like he just he was dialed in. He doesn't not that he doesn't care, but he's he's proven he can win and he's been up there enough that today showed. Listen, I'm good enough. I'm going to keep going. Like I'm not just going to sit here and hit it to 20 feet with a wedge in my hand. I'm I'm going to try to make birdie on 17 and have a three shot lead. Like mm-hmm. that was the kind of the aha moment. Like he played before that. He almost made eagle on the par five. The par three, he hits a beautiful shot and makes the putt. And then from then on out, he just played like so smart but aggressive still that he he just never let up and let anyone catch him. It was impressive. He's 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 one that I think will be a top probably thirty ranked player in the world for a good while. Who do you think has more upside, him or Daniel Berger? I always kind of go back and forth because they have. Relatively similar games. Both seem like gamers that can get it done. Both similar resume at this point. That's a pretty good comparison. Uh, to answer your question, I think Burns has more upside, and I still think like Berger better, might. Better well, I would the Berger's better like a career. safer bet, but like Burns seems to have like upside, upside in yeah. terms of his ball striking. I would say Berger, yeah. I think, just is. I don't know. He he doesn't seem to like have real volatile weeks, which like we've we've talked about that a lot, especially in the last couple of years. Like Burns can give you a volatile week where he just goes and runs with it. Berger, like he's maybe the most underrated. He is one very of, underrated. Like, no one talks about him, and he he is a gamer. Like that's like you don't you don't have that golf swing and <laughs> last on the PJ tour if you're not just an absolute gamer. And the way he can hold up under pressure, deliver the club. Like consistently with that motion, I mean, he's. I, I I give Burns a slight advantage on the more upside, but I don't think Berger's going anywhere for right. a long time. Now that he's healthy again, that was the. I mean, it would have been nice to see what Berger would have done had he not gotten injured. Seeing Burns, like I mean, just over the last year, he's played really well on good golf courses too, like T seven at Napa, T seven at at uh, Houston, which was firm and yeah. windy last year. Third at Riviera. Uh, won the Valspar, obviously. And then uh, Memphis, <laughs> T2. And then... Well, um, second in Byron Nelson. I thought, yeah, we will I not include that. that. <laughs> we won't include that in your great golf courses thing, but it's also... Kames Valley eighth. Too. It's also <laughs> sick that you could just run through and skip some of his great finishes because <laughs> he's got that many great finishes in the last year. And... Listen, I, I promised that we were going to put a pin, in, or we were, you know, putting the rear, the Ryder Cup in the rear view. But like the dude that was probably thirteenth yeah. on that team and didn't get the call comes out and wins the next week. Like 
Zach Johnson's gonna have like it's gonna be like that Andre the Giant meme of like no 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 I can't I can't decide between all these players for 2023. Uh, we got obviously a long long way to go for that, but he I don't know I I'm, I've I've turned my attention towards Presidents Cup now, and I I don't think I fully understand how they do the points for the Presidents Cup, but he is as like I think he was 12th on the list going into this week, and I think he is beating down the door already to be on that team next is year. It not the same as. Ryder Cup money. Huber, Huber, I wish we could tell you. Uh, it's broken. It's not updated on the website. <laughs> the website struggled a little bit, but uh, and I think I think it will help the internationals though, where they're going to do the. I think the international list is much more weighted towards guys World. that play in the on the PGA Tour. Okay. Versus worldwide. Okay. So like getting a guy like Amito Pereira on the squad is going to be Stud. massive, massive. For the international team. And I don't know if you guys caught it last week. Um, I did take the pledge that I'm going to no longer shit on the President's Cup because I love team golf that much for me to shit on 50% of the big worldwide, uh, the need, biggest worldwide team golf events. We need the President's Cup to get competitive quick because it's... You could say the same for the Ryder Cup, though. Know, it's, it's swaying back and forth. Like, the home field advantage yeah. is too big now. Yeah, Competitive on a micro sense. Yes. Like, a micro sense. each one needs to be competitive no matter who wins. Like, in... Last one was good. Yeah, it's better. It's getting there. It's just quality uh, golf course. Yeah, it's like, just uh, which we're going to Quail Hollow this year. Quail is not, not going to be competitive. <laughs> <laughs> don't get your hopes up for that one. The yeah. away ones might. I don't know. I don't know if Montreal is going to be uh, that much better, anyways. But um, I don't know. I'm 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 ready to get like unsarcastically hyped for the Presidents Cup next year. Uh, I'm going to go. I want to go to Quail Hollow. I'm going to go for it. Sahith Tagala. What do you know about Sahith Tagala, Huber? Uh, not a ton. I played some Mondays with him this year and when he was on a heater and it was pretty impressive. What's impressive? Um, 62 one. He shot 10 under in, uh, Alabama. I think it was on a, when he was on a run of, he played a couple tour events, got in a, in the corn Ferry event, top 25, I believe once, maybe twice. And then flew to the Monday or drove to the Monday overnight from Nashville down to Alabama shoots 10 under in the morning. I'm like, good night. Are the Monday setups, like how are those set up? I've in, never been to a Monday before. Uh, most most of the time it's a pretty basic golf course with pins instead of three and four from the edge, like seven from the edge. So it's a... So you got to put your foot on the pedal. And, it's from start to finish. And that's the sucky part is, is it, say, say you go out and play solid and you shoot one or two under on the front and you just don't make much. You're like, well... I need to shoot 31 or 30. <laughs> I need a match. hole out. Yeah, literally. 130. Yeah, and then you par 10 and 11, you're like, I have to birdie every hole. That's in, that's, it is what it is. They're Monday qualifiers. They're trying to get the hottest guy out there. And Sahith did it, I want to say, two or three times. And then he was in a predicament where he had points on the PGA Tour to get into finals. Or he, he didn't didn't know if he had enough um he had a decent amount and then it was like well do i go do pga tour mondays do i do corn Ferry mondays and to his credit i mean he played a bunch of golf and traveled around doing it all and then makes it in the finals via the pga tour list and bam card yeah i know he's streaky like you watch him play and if you watch today you kind of see it get loose one of the most impressive things it was on like 13 12 or 13 he had a t-ball that had 159 feet of curve he is right down the middle. Slinging cuts out there. It, yeah. it was like shocking. And like that's impressive when you've just made a couple bogeys and you're clearly getting a little tight, a little nervous, and just say, you know what? I'm just gonna banana ball this out in the middle of the fairway on a dead straight hole. 
Like that's a that shows some stones. Yeah, it's a different deal for the week too. When you like you go out, you shoot sixty four, you first round lead, back that up with 67, 67. Like that's a long week. That's to a hold much the longer lead, yeah. week than say yeah. you know just coming out, hanging out in the top twenty, and yeah. then coming on Saturday afternoon. That's or essentially Sunday. what Sam Burns did. I don't yeah. know what his first couple were, 67s maybe, something like that. Like, he was up there, but 68, it wasn't 68, like, 66. Yeah. yeah. As you come in your second PGA Tour event as a member, and you are kind of going wire to wire for a little bit, you're bound to – Yeah, he had made one bogey through 63 holes. Yeah. And, like, I mean, it's not bound to happen, but, like, at some point you're going to get a little tight, and unfortunately it showed he had a three-putt from 20 feet and – Bogey to par five, it just kind of... That felt like a little bit of a welcome to the PGA Tour yeah. thing. It's not supposed to be easy, getting your first win, and it it like three out of four bogeys on that on a day that no one was really yeah. going backwards was And that's tough. what's nuts, too, is like as good as he had played, there was nine guys within like two shots of him. Like, uh-oh, not just like one or two guys you got to fend off. It's like that's so someone's going to make a run, yeah. and if I don't keep going, like I'm just going to get lapped. Especially on a golf course where it rained a lot earlier in the week. Yeah, and it's like soft. Guys are just low. throwing darts. It's something too, like th- this kind of golf tournament where you can't really separate yourself out. There is no steering at home. Like you had to go out and get a number today. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how many shots he finished back. He finished at 19 under Burns, bogey the last to shoot, finish at 22. So he needed 67, probably really 66, uh, to actually get into a playoff for this thing. That's 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 asking a lot, and that's like if you looked at the data golf stuff, roll your eyes if you want. Like he never got above a 44 percent win probability today. Like that just Dang. speaks to. Everyone, I think a lot of people still have a tendency to look at the 54-hole leader, and if they don't win it, like this year for 54-hole leads was nuts. I don't know if there's yep. ever been a year like that in terms of not being able to convert them, but uh, he he seems like a guy that kind of jumps off the page in terms of upside. Is that fair? Yeah, I mean, he was, was he top-ranked dam, or he was a... Uh... He won the Ben Hogan Award or uh, he, something like that in college. He, he won was, the Haskins, Ben okay. Hogan, and the Nicholas Award, the fifth person ever to win all three awards in the same season. That's impressive. So that's, and then yeah. he didn't stay. Is that what he – he had the option to stay for the COVID year, and then he didn't, he and he balanced. turned pro? Correct, yeah. yes. I mean, he just kind of got boned by the scenario. Made the most of it, though. He he got hard, no, but he, yeah, he it's impressive now. A, yeah. I think a sixth in Corn Ferry Finals. Yeah. It's just kind of the way it, it all shook out. Like, he should have been a household name, in my opinion, like, a year ago, yeah. Did, did uh, Burns get that same triumvirate of Ben Hogan Award? I think I'll look it up. I think he got. Uh, I think he got. Didn't he get kind of cucked out of one of those awards? Well, I know he I, got screwed on the Walker Cup team. He was Nicholas. You guys. He was Nicholas Player of the Shout Year, out John Peterson. <laughs> but he did not win the Hogan or um, whatever the other one was. Yeah. If 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 we did we didn't do a uh, a Fred X Cup draft this time around, which I don't know if we can do one at the ha- you know at the break of the year or what. But Tagala seems like he would have gone first round, right? First round. For yeah, sure. yeah. I mean, like first first four or five guys. Yes, yeah. it has to be. Yeah. But who else jumps off the page to you, Hubert? I guess is this a good time to talk about Cameron Young, who had his his best. He had four hundred thirty thousand dollars in career earnings going into this week, and made six hundred and something uh, with his T two finish. Uh, so I never got the chance to play with him this year, but uh, a couple stories stick out from him of him being the real deal. His first win in Chicago when it was 50 degrees. I think it was, I think Chicago was the first one. It may have been the second one. You'd have to look that up because he won, I think, Kansas City and then Chicago, and I don't remember which order. Uh, yeah, back-to-back, Advent Health Championship, which that's, that's Kansas City, Kansas I think. City. And then Chicago was the following week at Evans yeah, College. Yeah, so second week, he's already won, and he goes to Chicago, and he's playing with Guthrie in the first two days and it's like 40 degrees winds blowing 30 and apparently 
the last I've talked to multiple people, the last hole 18 is a par five and it's like 590 wind like in off the left and Guthrie hit driver hybrid nine iron and Cameron Young hit a five wood on the green. Oh my God. (laughs) And that's when Luke was like, what? Like how, what? It's not even in the realm of what I thought was possible. And he said all week, like he just did everything proper. Like every time he got out of position, he kind of got it back, and then he'd get a wedge, and he'd stuff it, and then he'd overpower the golf course when he could. Hmm. And so I I haven't got to see it up close, but he's got to be one that is. I Actually, in my U.S. Open, whatever, snake draft with my buddies from back home, he was one of my four picks, and they were like, Cameron Young. I'm like, the guy's really good. Yeah. Like, and at uh, Torrey Pines, I don't, I don't think it ended up panning out, but like the first day he was – even or one under something like that, and they were like, "Okay, nice pick." He hit 187 ball speed on the back nine today, which that that is not a golf course that's just like totally pin your ears back and wail on it. And like, I think that's what Bryson was hitting in Mexico last year. I remember like he yeah. hit like when he was on his way up, like started hitting like 187. There's not it, uh, listen, Bryson's hitting 215 or whatever he's hitting in the long drive contests and stuff, but there's. Not that's what, a forty-eight inch driver. Yeah, and, we're talking four percent of tour guys, maybe if that, that can hit those numbers in tournament. I mean, I don't see four percent. I would say less than that. Less than that. Like, like Dustin Johnson's not hitting one eighty-seven off the tee. No, Cameron but, Champ. Yes, Cameron Champ. Uh, Trey Mullinax get probably gets there um, if he wants to. Cameron Young. That's. I need yeah. to think about that. I know. For a second. But there's. I bet there's not big tone. Um, don't. Tone has dialed it back. He could. Though. He could. He's got it in the, so, in the tank. He does. Yeah. I actually talked to, off topic real quick, talked to Berkshire two weeks ago when I was up in Indiana playing a pro scratch, and he played the event and did a long drive contest and whatnot. And uh, he was saying that Cam Champ and Finau want to do long drive stuff if it gets available, like if this schedule works out, whatever. And he's, Berkshire said that those two guys actually have a chance. He's been around them and whatnot, and he thinks they actually could compete like Bryson. So for 2022, um, this is average ball speed, uh, and it's only measuring 14 attempts for each of these. Cam Champ, number one, 189. Cameron Young, number two, 184.7. And then it's Bramlett, Uline, Hagee. That's, there's a lot of lot of golf to be played, I think, yeah. in that. But and that's moving it. There's a lot of guys moving that can it. move it. But 187 tournament speed with three holes to go is like, that's a, whoa. That would have been third on last year's list behind Cam Champ and Bryson. Yeah, so makes sense. And ahead talking of about Gordon. Young, I think there's just it's super impressive too because I think he got he got kind of screwed over a little bit by played really well at the end of the season in 2020, um, like T11 in at the Pinnacle Bank, which is he Monday in there. Mo- okay, so <laughs> yeah, Monday in there off Monday's the South Omaha. American tour or off the Latino America tour, and then basically goes T11 there, T14 at Portland. Uh, T6 in Boise, T2 in Columbus, and in any other season would have gotten his tour card card. from the finals. He wouldn't have got to the finals, but he wouldn't have got Boise. But either way, like those are your first four starts. You Monday in and you go bam, 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 bam. Like he almost had a PGA Tour card locked up essentially then because those were extra points. But his swing makes me excited. I like the little pause. like. It's a drill that I do is to load on my right side and be able to pause for like one to two seconds and still be able to go because then if you do it, you've loaded on the right side properly. If you can't wait, then you didn't, and he does it every time, even with like a wedge. It's Mm. like it's pretty impressive. That's got to be such a relief to come out and reshuffle. You're going to reshuffle straight to the top. You're going to get in all the events you want to, and 
to kind of hit the ground running with a, a, a strong likely a T2 finish, regardless of when it is in the year, is going to give you a great chance to retain your card. You just yep. got to play not horrible golf for the rest. And his, his goals probably change after this, I yeah, would assume. Yeah, for sure. So. And this was full full points, correct? Full points. These yeah. are full points events, yeah. Nick Watney, not a name we're used to seeing up on the near the top of a leaderboard, finished one shot of the playoff of the final round 65. Uh, yeah, doesn't even have a hat sponsor anymore. He's rocking a Spanish Oaks hat out there. Did not see that one coming. He putted his ass off this week. 11 and a half strokes gained uh, putting for the week. But I don't know if that means anything, but man, you go check that OWGR page and see 18 straight missed cuts. When you've made that much money straight. and you stay on the grind like that? Yeah. Respect. Which he's on the top fifty exempt, top fifty all time uh, money list exemption that he's using. Guess where he ranks on the list? Fiftieth. Fiftieth. <laughs> if he wouldn't have used it this year, then he wouldn't have got it. Like right, because he got yeah, passed. You get, I think top fifty gets you one year. Yes. Top twenty may get you two or something like that. Uh, but yeah, that's to fall that far. I, I just love those stories. Yeah. You see a guy that was week in week out playing great golf and then disappears. How's that happen to a pro? I, Can you explain it? I I would say 95% of it's injury. Yeah. That's either you were injured and you're dealing with it and you're trying to play through it and then you just suck and then you finally get it fixed and then you have to try to build back. I think is probably what happens most of the time. Maybe sometime it's a little mental thing, but I would say 95% is probably a some sort of injury he had. Tried to play through it. Clearly wasn't working, but he kept pushing because he's exempt. It's like, well, I'll just keep trying. And then finally it's like, I need, probably need to get this looked at. So, mm. like, no one just loses it. Not really. I, not that I, no one that I can think of just, just like all of a sudden sucks. Hmm. That was that. That was that good. Duval. Yeah, some injury the, things. Yeah, like the, the elbow. Was that the whatever it was? The vertigo stuff. Okay. Like you start dealing with that on the golf course, and I think people think they're invincible too. Like you're top thirty player in the world. You think you're going to probably be there. Even if you got a little injury or something, you're like, that's fine. I'm still good enough. And then you go two, three years down the road, and you're like, whoa, that that's the, quickly. The, the part that always gets me is trying to understand. Like, when you, even when you're playing great, you're going to have some dips, right? You're going to have, you know, whatever, you could take a, have a bad ish month, right? And it can be random variants or it can be the indication of a problem. And there's, it, Tell me, is there a way to to know it when you're in it? Like, whoa, there's a problem here versus like, you know what? I, I couldn't have expected to sustain what I was doing. You know you know what I'm saying? I don't know. Um, that's a tough one. I think I think most people go, oh, golf, you know, golf yeah. happened. But in reality, like, it's, it's, it's probably 50-50. Like, yeah. at some point, you aren't going to play as good, and hopefully you get it back. But to – to play that good for so long and then just completely fall off is well it's it's gotta be so crazy psychologically to like be able to discern a trend yes. from a slump. Yes. Right? That's the Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's like when like when do you freak out? Yeah. yeah. Well the thing is is probably most of these guys, I know for me, you're trying to do the same thing essentially every day. Like you're trying to swing it pretty similar. Unless you're going through a major swing overhaul, you're attempting to do the same thing all the time. So at some point it does. You, it gets in your brain, and you're like, well, maybe I need to change something. And that can be the dangerous rabbit hole that guys go down is maybe you should have just taken two weeks off and just chilled and then came back at it. Instead, you went and saw a new swing coach or you did something else, and then you went the overhaul route when you shouldn't have panicked. 
Mm. I don't know. I don't know if there's a good way to discern between the two. So you've, you've played with a lot of these guys that are now playing on the PGA Tour, a lot of them playing on the PGA Tour for, for the first time. What... What what's the difference? What 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 do they have that you need to get better at? What do you see out of them that you either wish you had or haven't realized yet? I want to. I always struggle, and I've played a lot of golf with you. I've played with PGA Tour guys, and I struggle to like be able to explain the difference. What in your words? What is the difference? These guys that that make it, they take advantage of their opportunities when they get them. Because in reality, you only get a handful of opportunities to really take advantage of throughout a season and you go down this list and essentially everyone, everyone that was faced with a a chance essentially got it done when they needed to. Uh, I think there's three guys that didn't win that finished in the regular season, top 25 and which this was like the mega season. This is is really impressive. Normally like one win essentially kind of gets you in, but um, it's like Curtis luck won one last year. Didn't, didn't even sniff. There was, Hmm. yeah, 20 guys probably that won yeah that didn't 15 20 that didn't get their card but uh like ben coles nick hardy and i don't know who the third was that didn't win which that's an even better year for them because the points are yeah, so top it's incredible too. like and that's like they're gamers like they just they just got it done when they had the opportunity and a few years ago i had opportunities and i didn't finish it off well, I got beat by Sam Burns up at Savannah. I had the lead. Son of a bitch. I had the lead with like four holes to go, and he birdied the last four. <laughs> <laughs> and I played nice on the last four, and he just like, ah, I'm just going to birdie all. He's like, all right, man, cool. Later on that year, I had a chance in Cleveland. My last five holes, I think I needed to play one under. It was like second or third to the last group, whatever, and just made a couple bad bogeys. These guys wouldn't have done that, mm. like this season. Like that's how you get to the next level is you, you get two or three opportunities a year most of the time, most guys, you get two or three opportunities where you need to turn that top 10 into a top two or three. Right. And then that top five into a win. And that's essentially what these guys do. That's the thing about following Corn Ferry is it it uh, it doesn't seem like the system is not very, if I would describe it, this is not an adjective, but it's not very strokes gainy. It is like volatile. You got to have big weeks. You can't, if you do like not, uh, not every week, but if you like 15th place every week, Pretty much, like you're probably not getting through. You, if you finish fifteenth every week, it would be very close. But a fifteenth yeah. place finish twenty four times is outrageous. Well, if you, and, if you yeah, did it yeah, half the time, yeah. top fifteen, yeah, you're it's not like, making you're it. Not getting it. Um, it's like it's like what what uh, Mav McNeely was talking yeah. about, right? Of like, hey, like I just need my two or three weeks. Just right? gotta go get it. I think the stat, and I may be slightly off on this, but it's something like you make. 80% of your money or points or whatever you want to call it in three to four tournaments a year. Yeah. That's it. Like 80%, maybe <laughs> even more. And maybe different for the top guys, but like the majority of the PGA tour, you make most of your money and points in three to four weeks and you better make those three to four weeks count. And the same for the corn Ferry. 25 guys is so little compared to 125 guys on the PGA tour. Right. Like 25 is a, in just a small sample. Um, well, especially like the nature of the courses too. Like yeah. you got to go out and make more birdies, and like there's there's less ways to to differentiate yourself because everybody's everybody's making birdies yeah. in these holes. It's not like it, there's a there's a, a a big you know um, like impediment to you know shooting sixty five. Yeah, right? for sure. And it's the same it's the same field every week, which is pretty different than the PGA Tour. Like you get 
the bulk of the PGA Tour is the same, but those guys take weeks off. They have so many options, and yeah. the top guys, like, we play essentially with the exact same 100, call it 135 of the 156 players are the exact same every That's week. That's wild. And so, like, you get to you know each other. Beat them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and then you got to go beat them. Like, yeah. And, and the thing about the Corn Ferry is you get on rolls. Like, you see, you look at these guys, uh, they get out, or they get their card, and most of them, like a Cameron Young, like, it's a two or three week stretch where you get hot at the right time and you ride it and boom, there's your tour card. And I don't want to paint this as the courses aren't, are not challenging, but it seems like the corn Ferry tour is more about courses where you can start running downhill and errors are almost, I don't want to say unforced errors, but it's almost like you get, you get your own way to stop you, right? It's yeah. not like you, you, you run up against holes that are just so challenging that you can't, you know, figure out a way to make par. You know what I'm saying? There's a couple very, courses are yeah, different, but yeah. Very few, very few is it where two unders a good round. Right. Like it's just, it's not going to happen. And very, I can think back to the courses. There's very few holes where you're like, oh, this one, I got to really pay attention. Most time it's. You're yeah. trying to figure out a way to make birdie. Yeah. Like that's, you're saying on the tee is like, how, what's my easiest way to make a birdie here? Yeah. Especially um, that middle stretch of the season. Like it gets tough. You know, when you're in Illinois, Utah, Boise, like it's, it's he's, twenty, is twenty five under, and that's just that's I don't care how good you hit it. Like you look at Sam Burns, he shot twenty two and like putted bad, like that's like <laughs> that's so outrageous. Absurd. That's that's a one off, you know. Yeah. Um. So you better. It doesn't matter how good you hit it. Like you got to roll it. And we're playing. Our greens aren't right. Typically, like tour. Yeah. Quality greens. They're good. Most 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 places do a really good job, but. It's short rough, typically pretty soft. We're in the Midwest in the in the summer where nothing's getting firm and fast. It's like I go out to play TPC when I'm home and I'm aiming at every flag and you can make bogeys in yeah. a hurry. And then you get to the point you're like, aim it ten feet to the safe side. But in Corn Fairy world, it's you're trying to knock down the flagstick fifteen times around. That's wow. actually gotta mess with you a little bit, like coming back and playing I, I, I sat on the, the I literally was on the first hole yesterday and I'm in the right rough and the pin's like front left and I'm like Let's right at it. it. And I'm like, Justin, <laughs> don't you're gonna make bogey. Like hit it hit it to the middle of the green. But like that's just the m- mindset you get. And that's impressive for these guys that get their card, I think, is to go out right away and then it kind of switches. Like yeah. it's this week was a little different, but Napa, like that's a hard golf course. It gets firm, crusty. Like now you got to go think your way around the golf course a little bit, and uh, you better and you got to like make fours on four seventy holes a lot on the PGA Tour. Yeah, it's just a, more demanding on driver. Yeah. I would say too. And, and typically the roughs a little higher, yeah. and then especially if they get the fairways running a little bit, the fairways shrink up. Um, yeah, yeah. Anyways. Like like seeing some of these guys that came out of Corn Ferry Finals or just off the Corn Ferry for two years, like Hayden Buckley's another one T four this week. <clears throat> Shot 66 today. I want to ask Huber yeah. for his to kind of run through who else jumps off the page. Before we do that, I want you to see if you can pick on pick out on something by the end of this, if you can, TC, okay? Okay. The DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has a week five offer for every football fan. Uh, new customers can bet just $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. The last 0-0 tie in the NFL was in 1943, so I think your money is pretty safe with this bet. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings it does not leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long. 
with DraftKings Daily Sports Fantasy Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code NLU. Throw down $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. Promo code NLU this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. Only new customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. And $1 wager required, one per customer, restriction supply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. No more with it? No more with it. Indiana, no more 1-800-9-WITH-IT or whatever it was. So I'm glad you picked up on that. But who have we not talked about that kind of jumps off the page for you in terms of guys you've played with or guys you've just seen their results and just know them to be a dog? I think Taylor Pendrith is one that... His name's come up a lot. He hits it. He does swing speed. Thing he, we were talking about earlier. He's right? one that can absolutely move it. He, he, I mean, most guys that swing at that pass can hit a foul ball or two, and he can end up with this weird, like, going hook that goes forever, but unfortunately forever offline. But when he's dialed, it's it's really impressive. He wedges it really good for a guy that bombs. Um, Mito, you brought him up. He's, when I played the year in Latin America, he was down there, and I remember talking to one of the officials. He won, he won one of the weeks in, uh, either Uruguay or maybe even, I think it was Uruguay. The rules official was like, yeah, like he just, once he figures out how good he is, he's going to take off. And then he obviously had the injury, motorcycle accident, whatever, and he revamped his swing. And then now you're seeing it. And he's he's a legit stud. Zalatoris is on this list. That's funny. Which <laughs> <laughs> kind of a tough week for him. Yeah. Uh, we shot, what, 62? 61. 61 in round 61 two. 61, and, and then kind of... He finished T14. Yesterday. Yeah. He had two rounds in the 70s this week, which not a lot of yeah. not a lot of guys near the top did. But also shout out to Matthew Wolf, T17 this week. Big. Um, Made the cut on the number. And he sh- yeah, then shot 65 yeah. in round three. Hopefully the sign of him kind of turning things around here. We'll see. I'm, I'm excited to see him play in an event like this in the fall. That I think that's a good sign. I want to see him play more. Another guy, Nick Hardy, is an absolute gamer. I played a decent amount of practice rounds with him, with him and Guthrie, and, and it's. I don't want to say like it's not impressive, but it doesn't blow you away. He because he just does everything really good. It's not like oh my gosh he bombs right. or oh he hits puts it whatever. It's just like you go around. He'd be the guy that you play with. And you're like oh would you shoot like one hundred two hundred? He's like no six. And you're like whoa. Mm. That he was seems like the kind of guy that's gonna very quietly just be on tour for yeah fifteen twenty. Years He's gonna and, finish top twenty seven times this year and you're like it may be t16 but it's going to happen a bunch just because he does everything so well he only shot one on 100 a day but finished t26 for okay. the week so yeah he's a he's a gamer I, i'm anxious to see what grayson sig does out there the kid rolls it and just his, his swing is super simple i think he'll contend I'm excited to see what Steven Yeager's got this year. He's my guy. Man. We've <laughs> What's held a him lot back together. on the on, like when, he's, when he's been on the tour? Because because what he's got seven seven or eight corn fairy tour it's wins seven, now. Yeah, he was always impressive. He only used a 56 degree for the longest time, like forever, and had one of the sickest short games. Could hit any shot with this 56 degree, and I think he's bumped it up to 57 or 58 now. But I mean, some guys just don't get it done right away their first time. And it's not set up to get it done. Yeah. Um, it's set up very – I mean, there were three guys this week from the Corn Ferry list that didn't get a play. Second tournament of the year in the fall. like Including Lauer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Lauer, yeah. Smotherman, and Uline didn't get in. It's like, how do you like – you? it's just not set up 
great to have a lot of success your first year, and I think that's kind of what Jaeger's run into. And then I, I truly think this year he gets to play everything. He doesn't have to worry about reshuffles. He's gonna he's gonna play. And I, I didn't. I guess I in my mind he had ping pong back between the Corn Ferry and PJ Tour more times than I had remembered. But he, I laughed because he he seems like he just is too good for the Corn Ferry Tour yet hasn't been able to cut it out on the yeah. PGA Tour. He won won twice last year and famously finished fourth. Uh, or, sorry, famously finished second four more times, just could not get the battlefield promotion. Uh, but yeah, it won $758,000 in one year on the Corn Ferry Tour, which is like... I think that was good for him, though, to not... I, I say this, to not get the battlefield, but like to keep playing, yeah. keep playing, keep putting himself in those positions. And I'm sure he learned a ton about himself in those four second-place finishes that hopefully, as he plays this year, will um, carry over. And I'm he just... I played, I don't know how many like actual rounds I played with him in tournaments this year, but it was a few. And like, it's just, it's simple. He hits this like kind of same shot off the tee, great iron, like strikes it great. And then you get like wedge and putter, and he just can flat out make 20 footer after 20 footer. It seems like they that, just like want to go in. That Monday, I caddied for you. He was in our group oh, yeah, and yeah. shot like a bazillion under on the front nine and kind of ran into a couple bogeys on the yeah. back. But I was just like, wait, this guy's like one of the best players in the world. Yeah. He finished in 35 events. He finished between 11th and 25th place one time. He had 14 top 25s and 13 top 10s. That's wild. That's outrageous. That's getting it done. That's like a, I don't want to say a tiger stat, but that's essentially like a tiger stat. Like, when you play well, you play really, yes. really well. You and get like, a lot out of it. That's fearless. What, yeah. yeah. You just you don't you're you don't turn top tens into top into into a T18. You turn a T18 into a T7, yeah. and that's he's impressive. He'll be in a lot of my DraftKings plays, I think, this year. Yeah. Just a couple more like like Corn Ferry guys. We didn't mention Davis Riley. Yeah. You play with him at all? I never got to play with him. I he has one of the prettiest golf swings out there yeah. like it's he's I, I didn't get a didn't get to spend much time with him um i am anxious i want to see what trey does molinax he played great this week now that he's back out there i i expect him to to contend he's got the game i'm interested there's a few of these guys that i don't know alex smalley i saw how he got his card the, i think he went to duke a couple of these guys that i'm anxious to see a couple of guys that just you know it seems like a long time coming for them you know where maybe not as high of upside, but uh, Paul Barjon, he seems like he's been, you know, just steadily improving. Canadian Tour, mm-hmm. you know, two or three years ago, and then played really well on Corn Ferry, yeah. and and then uh, local guy Jared Wolf. Jared well. Jared is one of the most improved golfers in like this four year span that I've kind of that he's been here and gotten to know him. Um, it's impressive. He when he's driving the ball well, he's probably. He's a top three driver of the golf ball out Gen- there. Generational like driver hmm. of the golf ball. It's, it gets really, really impressive. Like flat cuts, and he swings it. He hits it hard. Like it's a, it's really impressive. I'm just going to say that. Like when, he, when he's driving it well, it is – they're just no doubters. Like step up and poof, right down the middle. What do you make of the European tour guys coming over? Like Aaron Rye, uh, Bazadenhout. Matthias Schwab, Lucas Herbert, Callum Terran, uh, those guys coming over and Callum's know. been a uh, been over here. He played uh, China with Charlie, okay. um, and he I think he beat Charlie out of the number one spot like at the very last event. Anyway, um, Callum's really good. Callum's another guy that bombs. Like look out for him. He uh, I played 
a handful of times with him. But I love, I love that the Euro, the Euro guys tried it. Like I'm gonna like I've I watch enough European Tour golf to like know who these guys are. And Lucas Herbert, I don't know how you say his last name. I remember watching him try to win in Abu Dhabi or yeah. Dubai or whatever it was, and like think he's got what it takes just from the. I mean, watching European Tour stuff, I think he's gonna be a guy that. That's up there a decent amount. He had a tough, tough rules infraction a few years ago, though. <laughs> tough. TC won't let him forget that one. <laughs> uh, Vince Whale is another one that I've kind of got my eye on. He he moves it and just a really, really smooth. Yeah, a nice comeback. Yeah, after, I mean, he got his card a couple years ago, lost it and to get it back. Any of those guys that do that, like, it's impressive. JJ Spawn, another one. Um, battled injuries and like fell off, and now he's he's coming back. He, he respawned. <laughs> All right, I like that one. Patrick Rogers. What's the deal? Is he just he, can't put it all together? I don't know. It's and a, I, I, he's not a four turn. He's not a four round tournament player. Like he, he has flashes in almost every tournament, and it just never goes for four rounds. I played golf with Patrick Rogers when he was in high school. He's from Indianapolis. Played on the high school team with a kid that I played in college with. So we played a decent amount. Of, not a decent amount. We played a few times, and he always like. He always thought he was better than everyone, and he played like it, and it was really impressive. Like back then, like I remember, he, he said, "He's like, I, sh- I won't make a bogey today." He's like fifteen and <laughs> or sixteen or something, and I don't know what he was. But me and another buddy had just turned professional, and we like waxed him that day, and we were like, "This kid, like, hopefully that taught him a lesson." <laughs> no, he goes to Stanford and wins like ten times or whatever it was, <laughs> and he's and got he's, the work ethic to back it up. Yeah, too, right? and he's he's ever since he was a kid, like in. TPI, Scotty Cameron, like the whole deal. Like he he had it mapped out. That's what he's going to do. And to his credit, he's done it and he's stuck with it. Um, it's again, goes back know, to injury. I don't, yeah. And I don't know why he hasn't um, broken through. Like it's, uh, he's got tape on his wrists at all times. And his, his wedge game is one that I don't think you'd have to look at the stats, but I would say the way he swings it is not conducive to like, dialed wedges and i could be off on that but like that's kind of rory it's i was going to equate it to that like his swing is very like rory-esque it's high like powerful Mm -hmm. his hips move quick like it's just not conducive in my opinion to like an 85 yard sand wedge into the wind like what is he going to do he's going to probably throw it way up in the air and 196th on tour from 100 to 125 yards 176th from 125 to 150 so it just it seems like a game where he can hit a five iron sky high and drop it in from 220 but then um i don't know and he he obviously can even work on that and that may be why he breaks through this year but um that's just kind of my take on what yep. I've seen out of him. It's approach play. I mean, he's above average strokes gain and everything else last year on tour. Just approach play was minus 0. 0.4 shots, but that'll, you can lose your card that way. It's uh, nuts. Any, any experience with Taylor Montgomery? I know he I know he missed out. Like He was 26th on regular season and finals, which is just – Maybe like the first time heart that's goes ever happened. Yeah, like that's a – that's a tough one, but and he's had young. so many, so many chances. He, yeah. he's, he's a UNLV guy, right? Yeah, he, so many chances, like down the stretch, and then he just just I, didn't get it done. Kind of like back yeah. to your original point. Yeah, he had the in in Utah. Yeah. Um, he did though make a putt on eighteen in Utah that I thought was like the one. Mm-hmm. Like that was the moment you you step up on birdie eighteen. He got like eighty more points or something for that birdie to finish T two rather than fourth or whatever it was. And um, I really thought that was like that was the moment I was like. All right, he's not going to win the tournament, but he was able to sack up and do that. And I thought that was going to get him his card. Um, turns out it didn't. But I, he's young enough that like 
I think it's kind of like a Lauer situation. You do you do that you do that when you're young and in your 20s, you're coming back. You're hungry. You do that when you're 35 and you're like, ooh, that may have been it. I think that's so. I think it may work to his advantage that he'll probably work his tail off this offseason. That's why it was so back. cool to see David Skins. Yes, gosh, Skinsy, he's a treat. He's always been really good. His attitude can be he can get hot, and even that week he played right behind me the first couple of days, and he can get hot. But he uh, he's another injury. So I played with him in the finals for in Columbus, first hole of the tournament. Me and Bob Streb. Uh, and Skins, Skins is in the right fairway bunker on one, hits it and disappears. We walk over there and he's laying down in the bunker and he's like, I can't get up my back. Mm. I'm like, uh, it's first hole. <laughs> like, <laughs> what just happened? Um, so he WD'd and didn't get to play the finals. Um, he may have tried to come back and play like Atlantic beach or something, but, wow. um, yeah, just, it like was really neat to see. years old. Yeah. And know. he's just been after it. I, he played Hooters tour back when I was got out of high, or got out of college whatever so I've known him for 10 years um to see him get it done and the way he did it too that back nine in Omaha was super impressive especially I take you back to 15 the par five when he hit it like mega right off the trees back into the hazard that's one like that's the, literally the only thing the ball can't do and it did it and for him to like shake that off and come back and I think he got up and down for bogey or something on that hole even and then birdies 16 right after just impressive hmm. gosh it's amazing how much you can trace these guys making it to just a couple things to go in the right situation yeah. that's 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 wild anybody so. out there that that didn't didn't get his card this year that you're like really really expecting to next year or expecting big things out of like like for me it's thornberry he's kind of like it's it's kind of been a mystery as to why he hasn't put it all together yet but like, i can see signs right he finished 28th i think in the in Corn Ferry Finals. Yeah. I got three names that I'm kind of looking at for next year that didn't get it done this year. One being Vince India. Uh, Skinny Vinny. Skinny Vince. The guy, pound for pound, has to be one of the longest players um, there is. I mean, he moves it, and he can't weigh 140 pounds. Mm. Puts it great. He's just a – he he's developed every – I think the stat on him is, like, he's gone to first and second stage, like, seven or eight times and made it through every single time. I was going to say, this, this is, is actually the, security for him, so he'll be rested. First time, yeah. Season. I played with him a couple of weeks ago, actually, up in, in that pro scratch up in Indiana. Um, he filled in for a buddy. I think his game will – it'll get done. And he'll, very, he'll get very done. cerebral player, too. Yeah, like, he just and he, he just he's just really good. Like, that's just all there is to it. Um, Tyson, I uh, play a lot of golf with him here. He won last year. Um, this will be, I think, the first time that he has guaranteed starts. Tyson. Um, uh, Alexander. Alexander. Yeah, and he's, Florida. uh, yep, Gator. Uh, he is, he's got the game to do it. I think he just, it's a putting thing for him. When he gets it rolling, it fills up. He has an interesting stroke too. It has a ton of face rotation. We work with the same putting coach, and he's, I think my putting coach says he's the most he's ever seen, but he does it essentially every time. Huh. Um, it's something that like, you wouldn't teach. It's just a natural thing he does, and when it gets going, it's really good. And then uh, my dark horse would be Kevin Roy. Um, Kevin Roy's a Tampa guy. Uh, played a lot of golf with him, and he is he's another one of the guys like Vince, just extremely solid. Hits it, flushes it, wedges it great, rolls it good. And I don't know what his stats were on the – he had to play – I see he's 48th last year on the um, list, but like he just seemed like a top 20 machine um, just because of sheer quality of golf, like nothing fancy, just out there 
making birdies and not making mistakes. There we go. Kevin Roy. I, I never even heard of Kevin Roy. <laughs> Kevin Roy. He, <laughs> I watched it a long Kevin. season. Yeah. I follow Corn Ferry every week. Yeah. I, let me see if I can, we can click on him here and see what, uh, I don't know if it'll let me do that. What's your favorite event out there on Corn Ferry? Well, it used to be Portland. That golf course was awesome. And just the area itself, we'd always go out to the coast. Last year, Guthrie and I drove yeah. out. We played... Uh, Gearheart. Yeah. yeah, Gearheart Links. That was incredible. And you um, went to what, Pronghorn or uh, Pronghorn Tethero? Pronghorn and Tethero. Yeah. We did a 36th day, and it was uh, it was pretty wild. How do you guys play Tethero? Like, um, do you find that golf course hard <laughs> as like professional golfers? Yes and no. Like, it was just quirky. Like, there was a spot on the back nine. I'll never forget this. Gotta be like... 12 or 13 par five down the hill i got a guy told me where to hit it and i hit it literally on the tree and we get up there and it is rolled through the fairway and there's a bunker that faces the other way i don't know if you saw this but there's a like it's a bunker that's hidden and there's a log that goes like over the edge of the bunker and i was like under the log in the bunker and like had nothing i'm like (laughs) what happened here luke's in the fairway and hits this hybrid that's like as good as you can hit it like there's water left in the green. We're like, oh, that's going to be tight. We get up there, and it's gone in the water over the green. We're like, this place sucks. <laughs> and then like two holes later, you hit like a shot, and it catches a bank and goes down to a foot, and you're like, this place is kind of sick. <laughs> um, anyways, yeah, that was a – we rode golf boards there. That was a – It's was a, fun a fun place. Yeah, it was – you need to play it like two or three times just to kind of get a feel for – what's out there but i'll tell you what happened david mcclay kid got divorced that's what happened (laughs) (laughs) he would tell you that too (laughs) um back to kevin real quick 14 top 25s last year wow Um, that's a lot that's a lot that's as many as stephen yeager (laughs) yeah exactly so i think he's a he's a guy to keep your eye on for next year over over across the pond if we may i think i believe it's time to address danny willett you lit up when you walked in the room you were talking about danny willett winning the the dunhill this week uh pretty awesome i i just kind of get a little giddy on the guys that go from top players in the world to like non-existent and then fight their way back and win that mental fortitude to win again after you've gone through that. I can't imagine what that takes truthfully of um, knowing like, Oh, you know, I was really good and now I'm in a position to do it again. But at the same time, two years ago, I couldn't break 75. Um, what's coming out today and to be able to get it done. I think he didn't, he win the BMW, um, over there. Mm-hmm. Like that was his first win back. And he, he was, I don't know how many strokes came putting, but it's impressive. He's a really good putter. And then today, uh, just watching him, he just had, I don't know, joy is the right word, but he just looked happy. Granted you're playing the old course and it's a fun tournament and you got amps, but like it was 45 50 degrees whatever and the wind was blowing like it looked tough out there yeah i was like Ugh. and he just would he hit a shot to like 40 feet on this one hole and he just walked off the tee smile and i'm like he's gonna win like it's just a it's just it's just really neat to see um and also i mean hatton was up there lowry was up there pretty pretty nice little field fleetwood played well yeah billy ho yeah. Uh, currently second in the race to dubai hmm. it's uh just just absolutely cleaning up he's he's played <laughs> One obviously won the BMW B, uh, PGA, uh, won the the WGC Dell match play, T uh, two at the Workday Championship at the concession. So he's he's playing well in all the right events. Morikawa is still leading the race. I, to Dubai, I saw those so. rankings fly up the other day, and I was like, what? Huh? What's happening? There's not a single. I don't. know. There probably was a single guy, but he's probably won like three times. I don't know who who would be, but 
Um, well, it's, it's so messed up because their purses have gotten hit so hard that yeah. it's points based. So the WGCs are the all where all the points are. So you just have to win like one of those, and you it's off money, right? It. Like yeah. the money value into points. At least it, it at least it has been. I assume it's yeah. still the same. Um, and normally, like you'll have four PJ Tour players up there, and then like who's the guy? Uh, can't come up with his name. The the European guy that won a bunch last year, um, Justin Harding. Was it, it was him, South African guy, yeah. yeah. Um, and then like his, he'll win like three times over there, and he'll be in like fifth place, yeah. and like not even close. You're like, what? <laughs> dominated that tour, but yeah, I mean, um, the, the the only guy that's played in more than, I, I guess Hatton's played in the 13, but other than Hatton, the next closest guy is eighth on the race to Dubai list. That's Dick Bland, <laughs> Dick played Bland. 19 events. He had hmm. a he had a weak one on the last hole for birdie today. It was not pretty from like five feet. <laughs> that tournament, that tournament's like one of the best coffee golf. Oh, and granted, it's, it's during football season, and it just doesn't get. Uh, a ton of attention on it, and the field is not, you know, crazy, crazy strong. But uh, it's just the best to flip that on. The conditions were a bit soft this week. You know, the old course needs to have a little bit more bounce to it, I think, to really be, you know. When Norin, uh, he, he was on, uh, Bob McIntyre hit a great shot. He was short of the road hole bunker. Uh, hits a great shot, and then Norin basically spins one back from like 30 yards. <laughs> and you're like, ah, okay, that's, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's a little different. Yeah. Yeah. Willett did that today, too, on 11. He bailed way right. Um, that pin was sick. It was just over the Stroth bunker, and he bailed way right. And he hit a chip, and it just like landed just short of the hole and like spun to a stop immediately. I'm like, ah, I haven't played that old course before. <laughs> it was wild. I mean, so I, I went over to it in 2018. And uh, I mean, the wind was blowing like crazy at at Carnoustie, which they had some pretty proper conditions as far as wind uh, a little bit earlier. Yeah, it was pumping Friday, Saturday. Um, but the that was the year that we did tourist sauce Scotland, oh, and everything was burned out. And then going back to the old course, you know, less than three months later, two months later, it was it was like a completely different so different place. It was so it was so much wetter and greener and lusher. Uh, I I just want to give a shout out to uh, Nikolai Hogard. You know the Hogard twins are, are uh, they're coming, man. They're coming. <laughs> Shaking over here, I'm terrified. Here they come. Um, I just love flipping on and watching the old course, and just like uh, never. There's almost no golf course that I'm just like immediately. I need to know exactly which way the wind is blowing because so many holes play so different. Like nine could be drivable, yet it could be full nine iron in. Eighteen, you know, guys were hitting it over with driver today, and they couldn't even come close on Saturday. It just is. Uh, just a fun, a ton of half par holes and just a weird, beautiful, just beast. I just freaking love it. Watching the spray pattern on shots on 12. Yeah. And I forget who I was talking to somewhat recently about the old course. I think it was, I don't know if it was Padraig Harrington or someone. He said, uh, or maybe it was, I think it was Tom Watson actually. He said, uh, you know, I, I've, you know, I finally learned how to play the old course, you know, in 30 years playing it. I still don't know how to play number 12. Still don't know how. <laughs> just like that really stuck with me. And watching guys like clearly still have no idea where to hit that tee shot uh, was just, I don't know. It's a great, great golf tournament. But have y'all, have y'all played Kings Barnes? Yes. Is it as good as it looks on TV? It's a set of fake boobs. Because it, it looks great. so good. I it's like, like my, Kings Barnes a lot. It's my favorite looking one of the three that they play. Like from visually, the, the way they have it, the camera set up, I'm like, man, that place looks awesome it when i went to scotland for the first time in 2015 it was all of our favorite course that we played on the trip granted i didn't have a appreciation for lynx golf yet but it's like an americanized version of lynx but like 
It, it, I wouldn't put it in the same category as like Whistling Straits. Whistling Straits is a true target golf course. Kings Barnes it's is a much links, better golf course than like Whistling Straits. Yeah, Kings Barnes is links adjacent, right? But yeah. just a little bit better turf to get, not better turf, but more pure turf to launch the ball off yeah. of. And you can play it aerially if you want to. It's pretty sweet. It's an awesome piece of land. There's some just really okay sweet. holes there, but there's some really good holes out there. I like Kings Barnes it, a lot. It's, yeah. I would say as far as new links courses over there go, I would put Castle Stewart. I would I would say if you gave me ten rounds between Kings Barnes and Castle Stewart, I'd probably go eight two Castle Stewart. Gotcha. I'd say seven three Castle. Yeah. I mean Kings Barnes spectacular viewing though. Yeah. It really is. But Castle Stewart's a really special golf course. So nice. can we do Bryson next? This is a little further down the list, but I feel like an hour in is a safe time to address that Bryson went out to the Pro Long Drive Championship and finished in the top eight, which I'm just going to put my hand up. Didn't have him balling out at the Ryder Cup and doing this in the same week. Did not see that coming. That's his, freaking insane. It's, it's nuts. But his benefit, and I say that, like, one of the reasons why Berkshire is really good after talking with him, but, like, Bryson has the ability to hit it solid. Like, that is such a big difference, especially when you're swinging it that fast, to maximize. And, like, Bryson's numbers aren't even close to these guys in speed, like swing speed. These, he's, what was he, 18 mile an hour slower than Justin James in Berkshire? Um, 18. He hit 146 club head speed at one point. Okay. So that was, so then it would have been 10. Okay. Uh, from his like peak. But like the one he hit um, was like, was like right around 140 and 217 ball speed. And that's like obviously incredible. But the shot went 402 yards or whatever. And the other guys are swinging it in the mid 150s with, 230 mile an hour ball speed smash factor and, the ass for Bryson. and yeah and like that's the one thing why i think he can compete because he has the ability to hit it solid and when you're swinging it that fast just that little bit extra matters a ton and i watched berkshire put on a long drive contest in indiana this is three weeks ago and he was training i watched him warm up the that morning and he was hitting he's flying his driver 365 into the wind uh, to the other end of the range like almost hitting the guys and like i watched him bounce the cart path right in front of the range like right over the guy's head and it's 365 and i'm like this is going to be impressive so that night he does it it's at 441 um hits it over the first green at sycamore hills like on the back fringe at 8 p.m and i'm like that's it just doesn't make sense so we talk afterwards he said at some point there's a little bit of diminishing returns in terms of smash factor, like your speed, swing speed increases, but you can't get the ball speed. But Bryson's ability to hit it solid maximizes his smash to where mm. he can. And that that's my, like he, that's sure. his, that's his one. If he's was a little bit off center on his hits, he's going to, he's not going to make the top well, 64. It seems like psychologically too. I watched most of the first two days of it. Uh, like his, his, his rounds and it seems like psychologically he it it certainly helps him out because it's like, like it seems like it's playing like the lottery right and you're trying to get as many lottery tickets or as many raffle tickets as you can and he's getting more raffle tickets than these other guys because he's got more shots in play yeah. and it just seems to be a little bit more consistent and once you get you know one or two out there then you can really start rearing back and hitting it and yeah. but some of those guys don't even get that opportunity because they're just right. searching for the grid their first right? four will go out of bounds and they're yeah. like well, I need, need to steer one and he was pretty darn consistent in getting one of his first three in like every time yeah. in like the know. 380s yeah <laughs> like respectable then now it's like all right like let it eat a little bit that um, was sick when the wind switched yeah yeah <laughs> it was that was nuts i watched i watched a good bit of it. i was intrigued because 
Berkshire actually stood up and um, answered some questions. They asked like what he's been doing with Bryson, and he said back in 2019 they've been um, Bryson kind of reached out for some advice or whatever, and he worked with Como and was like, I don't want to like mess be the guy that messes up one of the best golfers in the world. Um, so then the way they went about it was pretty impressive and to gain speed. And Berkshire says he hits 120 balls on a speed day. 120 drivers as hard as he can hit it. That's, That's exhausting. I hit five, <laughs> at, like five drivers on the range for me. And I'm like, whoo, all right. Like yeah. let's hit some wedges again. But, and that, that was one of like the big takeaways. And he said, it takes him like 40 to 50 balls with driver to get to his max speed. Jesus. I'm like, I, uh, once again, five, like <laughs> five. And I'm like, that's it. Like shutting it down. But he, he's impressive. Um, and oh then to instill all that with Bryson, you know how Bryson's work, work ethic is like, he's going to do everything Berkshire tells him to do. And boom, there you go. Which, Top eight, which if we need to con- confirm it for like the 80th time, still a chode. Like we're still on that. Yeah, still like in unlikable guy out there, but still in total amazement. But you can with respect like, what he's doing. What this guy has done in two years. I mean, go look at pictures of him in France in 2018, and like try to tell, like try telling that guy that guy's going to be in a long drive contest and going to weigh 230 pounds or whatever he weighs now and hitting it 400 yards. It's like not not 350, like 400 yards, and not like flying at 360 and running to 400. Yeah. These balls, like some of them flew like 385 and we rolled to like 392. Like exactly. These are in the air for... And we're talking about years. a level he has gotten to that he doesn't get to on tour, which is understandable. Like I just didn't... I kind of thought, you know, he'd get out there and get humbled a little bit and to get top eight... I'm mean, granted, listen, I don't follow the pro long drive very closely, uh, but to get top eight is freaking insane. After yeah. like... He yeah, kind of sold out for this thing and was prepping for it and put his Ryder Cup at risk, if we're being honest, and played good enough. He he played the right role in the Ryder Cup. Uh, goes 2-0-1 there and then comes and does this. It's just it's and just freaking wild. did it in an Olympic year when they're they're drug testing. Yeah, so, you know, I want to see him did in a you, non-Olympic year. Did you year. see the uh, little clip? I, I caught it on Instagram of, I don't know who the guy is, that asks him, like the heckler guy that's been on Instagram, the guy that chirps i don't know what his name is anyways he's out there and they're like chirping at bryson as he's hitting balls and asking him questions trying to get him to laugh and they ask him the question like does the pga tour drug test and he backs off and like laughs like that's the one they got him um, <laughs> so it's like oh, where are they testing <laughs> uh, in either way i mean we don't that's a topic for a different listen, day but oh, it's all legend right yeah uh we got to talk about the guy that blew out his knee. Oh, yeah. Oh, they, kept the, just, they kept the competition. Uh, they just picked him up and took him off the screen. <laughs> just, I don't know if it was a knee or pulled a hammy, but he went down hard. And that was the guy that like Bryson needed to beat to get into the top eight. Also, I had no idea those things were like four days long, I would have thought. So what's the difference between like the world long drive and whatever this was? Honest, honestly, I'm not ready to go down this. I, I'm amazed that Bryson did this. Still have no interest in going down this rabbit hole. It direct all inquiries at, at Tron Carter NLU if you want, because I, I, I I'm answers, out on this world. Answers, yeah. But I mean, the, the dude brought the ratings. Like forty thousand people were watching this live on YouTube. Yeah. Like it was like twelve thousand on day one. By the end of it, everyone was in Which on was this. Probably a hell of a lot more than whatever Golf Channel had on. Golf Channel did a really good job slot, of marketing right? the long drive when they had it. Like that yeah. was like big marketing leading up to a commercial. So like people tuned in because it was prime time and golf channel and private. It was always on like a 
Tuesday or Wednesday when no other yeah. live sports were on. Mesquite, um, Nevada. Yeah, or this was middle like of Oklahoma. See, like a tough one being. Well, I feel like, like if you've seen long, a long drive, you've kind of seen them all. Is the only thing, yeah. right? I don't think it gets like that much more different or much more exciting. Bryson brought a different layer of excitement to it, but like, there's no design. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you and just the production of it, like. Yeah. Quite yeah. frankly, sucks. Those guys were those guys were great. <laughs> the commentators, the commentators were great. Shout like, outs galore. Yeah. They were great is a word for it. It was it was something. I was they highly were entertained. The viewing, like you'd watch them hit a ball, and like you'd see a top tracer thing maybe once every so often, yeah. and no ball speed numbers, no, no nothing, and you're like just waiting for. Even them. all the yardages were so delayed. Yeah. yeah, they could have been totally making them up. Like maybe but, I, you know what those guys announcers reminded me of though, like somebody that has a tweet go viral, and then all of a sudden they start plugging stuff underneath it. Like as soon as they found out 40,000 people were watching they're like yeah you can shout out my Instagram at you know heart long drives this he's like yeah I started this company and like they just like started hyping themselves so they sold out yes <laughs> very quickly I saw somebody on Twitter suggesting though that like they could have easily been making up all of these numbers <laughs> yes. like, the whole Bryson thing could have could be total bullshit yeah. to where like yeah, he, he was hitting point. at 365, but they wanted the ratings. So they <laughs> that's wanted a really good point. <laughs> Picking up the guy next to him. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so, you funny. know, I don't want to call the integrity of whatever this long drive thing. Was this the like the championship? This was Worlds. This, this was the World? Okay. This was, according to Berkshire, this was he's training for Worlds, and this was Worlds. I assumed it was the World Long Drive Championship. This was like the Pro Long Drive World Championship. I don't mm. know if that's the PLDA. I don't know if that's a Professional Long Drive Association something, if that's different than what they used to do. Um, Which Landon Gentry was a local Jacks guy. He he uh, audio bombed one of our videos that we were shooting at Coastal Indoor because he's hitting balls in the booth next to Sounds us. like gunshots. Gun. We're like, what's going on over? We peek over there. The guy's hitting like 210 mile an hour ball speed. And we're like, he was using. We were shooting a Callaway video and he was using Callaway stuff. I was like, actually, can we just film you instead? This is actually a much this is better, way better content, much better commercial. Neil, Neil just peeked over. He's like, what the fuck is going on over here? <laughs> Uh, um, so d does Bryson play like this week? Is he playing this week I at know, Shriners? He's not. I know field. he's won that in the past. Does he play? It's what two weeks in in Vegas, and then Cantley's not in the field this week either. And Cantley always balls out at this thing, which kind of surprised I me. I think the fall is gonna be a ghost town. It's so whatever their allotment is of tournaments they have to play, and if they don't, they have to add a new one. I think that's why you saw these guys in the fall. The last Prior, few years, yeah. they were adding the one new event that they didn't play. That's a, my personal opinion. I don't know if that has any truth, but like that's my assumption is because they're going to play as minimum as they can, and they got to play their one new event if they don't but meet their minimum. Cantlay is like just freaking dominated this event and lives in Vegas, right? Doesn't uh, San he? Diego. I think he's still in SoCal. Is he? Okay, I think he's still out at Virginia Country Club. What? Uh, but uh, I think you're right. Next, like next year, it'll be interesting too. With the the Scottish being co-sanctioned, mm -hmm. the Irish being co-sanctioned, does that count as a new event for these guys too? That could take some of the pressure off of them as well. I think as it will. As, you know, adding yeah. adding an event in the fall, like Zozo is going to be a uh, fucking ghost town. Uh, Where are they playing that this year? It's it's in Japan. It, yeah, so, they're doing. That'll be interesting. Yeah, like I can't imagine. I mean, like they'll, they'll probably go all the way down to one twenty five. It'll get that. it'll get deep. 
Uh, some caddy changes being made at the highest level. JT and Bones teaming up. As somebody who I would consider uh, to be close to both of these guys, I did not have the intel on this one. Bones was nice, nice enough to give the scoop uh, when he was splitting with Phil four years ago. I don't know what I've done to run him run him away now, but I think he, I think he, it got out. He gave the scoop to his employer. That's, that might be <laughs> true. That might be true. That might have been part of his deal with Golf Channel. I was like, yeah, whoever you do end up on the bag. Uh, Especially because he wants to keep doing a few yeah, events here and there. I, did you see that? Yeah, I did not. Whenever the schedule permits, so essentially whenever JT's not playing, gotcha. He's assuming the same role that he had, and um, I think he was always dipping, holding out for another bag. I think it was, and in my mind, this is not inside info. I, it was either JT or Rory. I felt like that was kind of. I, I feel like he talks about those two guys differently on the telecast, and I felt like he, there was there was. Oppor- potential opportunities there, um, you know, and he held out for it and, and he got it. So I'm curious. I don't know. Do you guys think this changes anything for JT? I, I mean, I think it only helps his stock. Like I think he, like just judging by the Ryder cup and his, his putting all year this year, like he needs some help reading the greens, I think, or yeah. just, just some and confidence on the greens. I will right? say he, he works the same putty coach and they put in a ton of work. Um, and I, I think it'll pay off. Um, I really do. Like they, he was at the Ryder Cup with him. You guys probably even saw him there. John Graham's his name. Um, but they have worked all year, and JT's bought in, and I think it'll... Um, it's like the dark... The the, the, the the night is darkest before the dawn. Yeah, kind of like, thing. it's. I think it's going to happen, and it and it may get weird when it does. Um, like, he may just go on a tear, especially with Bones. And, like, Jimmy was obviously great for him. Um, for, I was going to say, for, it's hard to be like, yeah, 14 tour wins as yeah. a 28-year-old. It's kind of like, yeah, we didn't get a whole lot out of it. But He was great. And, like, I don't think – bones can't hurt. Um, that, yeah. That's all I'll say. And, like, I'm anxious to see what the other endeavors were in the quote for Jimmy is. Well, yeah. I, I mean, Jimmy's had some health issues yeah. and is, is getting up there in age. I don't know if it was always in the plans for, for this to happen. I truly don't know uh, what that situation was. But I think if I'm JT, yeah, we're looking at 14 tour wins, but itself, you know, admittedly for him, his major record, despite the one, you know, PJ championship win is not what he wants it to be. And like, you want a dude that can bring you some like major championship under the gun Gus, like experience in terms of, you know, what makes a player elevate and when you're trying to elevate the most. Yeah, that's probably like one of like one guys that are available out there to, to, to get you there. So, yeah, the the only one. Yeah. Like um, he won five times in 2017, won twice in 2018, twice in 2019, twice in 2020. And we're probably not giving enough credence to his players win because it was really, it was nails. It was yeah. really um, impressive. But, you know, it, it just seemed like his, like when he had his A game, it was there, but when he had his B game, it just like that wasn't competing this yeah. year. Right? It wasn't consistent enough. And I, and, um, and it was on the greens. Like I, he would tell you that. Yeah. And John, I, I, I'm not going to put words in his mouth, but I bet he would say that, um, as well. They, I, I do know they put in a lot of hours and I would expect JT this year to really, I thought the make some. The, the Instagram post that he had, where he's like, I 100% did not fire. It was like, all right. <laughs> well, I think everyone that just seems like that. an odd, th- odd way to say it. But I right? bet, I bet, like, if if the news comes out that you're splitting with your caddy of X amount of years and you're going to Bones, it looks like you fired your caddy to hire yeah. Bones. Um, that's just like the optics of it. No matter what happened, people are gonna be like. Why'd you fire him? Like you played great with him, all that, and it's like, well, I didn't fire him. He, you, he had to get on the defensive early, otherwise it was going to look like he just threw Jimmy Johnson under the bus or whatever. 
Yeah. Jimmy, I, I he is, I think, caddied for, I think, 24 years now. And I believe, if I remember right, he played 17 years on the Sunshine Tour. Like, the guy's been around... He's been around a lot of golf courses and and done a lot of golf stuff and had a, a great run. And I, I don't know if this was, you know, it, it was every, every time he missed an event, you know, for whatever he had going on, it was kind of like, okay, how long is this going to gonna yeah. go on? And and like when JT's dad had to hop on the bag, what was that last year or two years ago? Because it was just hot. Like That was, yeah. gosh, that was um, his agent had to hop on the bag in 2017 in Malaysia. I followed the whole group for nine holes, walked in to go cool off for a little bit, and the caddy went down two holes later, and I probably would have gotten <laughs> gotten the call if I didn't go inside <laughs> to cool off, but I probably would have also passed out. It was really hot. But um, um, I, I do remember, and I'm pretty certain it was Bones, but on the 18th uh, this last week at the Ryder Cup, he was like paying Jimmy a ton of compliments. Um, yeah. He's like, he's in there like getting his guy to the right number and convince him. Like it was, it was neat to hear bones, like talk about Jimmy and then obviously what happened, but like just building him up. Like he's got his guy and his guy's giving him the right stuff. Yeah. Like it, it, I don't know. I saw Jimmy after the, they had finished and he had a, had a drink and, and they were sitting behind the 17th green. I was just chatting with him. He's like, Oh yeah. Best week of the year. I remember that. And now I look back at that very differently. Like, did he, did he know he was done caddying? And, 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 off the and yeah, I think that, um, you know, maybe he said, this will be my last event. And then from there on, you know, whatever happens, but whatever. Bubba and Ted Scott also splitting ways after 15 years together. I wonder who's going to get on that bag. That's going to be a interesting, interesting hire. Yeah, Bubba's at an interesting spot in his career. Yeah, just overall, I, I um, and listen. A lot of people are calling for you know an, a, a pray for uh, one final pray for Ted Scott tag, and I you know we've we've talked a lot of Bubba in the last couple months and years, and I I don't I think Bubba has evolved a lot to the point where I don't I don't enjoy poking fun at him much anymore. And I'm on his, Team Teddy too. His, his yeah. interview too, the when he opened up about like the depression, yeah, all that stuff. I was like, I mean, I he still seems awkward and not yeah one of my favorites to root for but he like he seems a little more comfortable my, in his yeah, own skin like, now gosh man that sucks i can't imagine yeah he's 42 turns turns 43 uh next month i think you know you would think he's still got a few good years left in him i don't know if he's, he wants them yeah i don't i don't it's hard to tell what he uh what he's looking for i i think you know people are looking for a deeper meaning between him and Ted not no longer being together, but I, I look at I don't know if you can weigh on this. He was, but I look at 15 years caddying for one player, no matter what level. Like that's the, the if you split after that, there's no questions asked. It's like okay, that's fine. Like that that's the exception to the rule to yeah. be on somebody's bag that long. And and it it happens with everyone. I mean, Phil and Bones. Like at some point, it's over with. Like you just both people, no matter how much you love the other person and love being around them, like you're just like. I gotta change it up. Yeah, I mean, for both of them, like, and not just for that lifestyle. But like, it's not yeah, for. Every, no. I mean, it's great to earn a lot of money if you're Ted Scott for that long period of time, and you know, done that. But like, after 15 years doing it, you might not just want to be on the road every week. And even if not in a, I love my wife more than anything, but if I spent that much time with her for 15 straight years, I mean, those you're logging eight hour days, probably at least traveling every week, like all that, like. It get it, it wipes a different scenario, but like it would get tough. You know everything about them. Everything that irks you is different than like in a marriage. But like that's just a business relationship. Like everything that bothers me about my wife, I could talk to her about it. And if you do it in a caddy and they just keep doing it, like 
it just gets on your nerves. Yeah. No matter what, even if it's the smallest little thing, like that yeah. just happens. Do you think Teddy will keep caddying? Or do you think he, like, because he's like an instructor as well? He's a. Does, I, I don't, I don't know. know this. Does he have a family, like wife and kids? I assume. I, I, I'm almost. I'm assuming certain, too, yeah. but I. At this point. Yeah, I think it's, especially if you've got a player like in their 40s and, you know, maybe they're dialing things back a little bit and you just, I don't know. I, I, I think it, I, I, I would be a lot more curious of a decision in like 2014, you know, if in the middle, midst of their success, they won two majors together, won more than 10 times together on tour. I think it's kind of, uh, there was a time period where it, it, 90% of our content was, was making fun of the fact that <laughs> Bubba used to harass Ted and call him out and, uh, you know, verbally abuse him on the golf course, but that—that's uh, that was a different time period. We've moved on. Bubba's moved on. Um, Ted, Ted, Ted survived the Volvic. Like he, he survived know. Bubba playing a Volvic for a year or two. <laughs> like that's I, I think I think people thought nuts. we were making fun of like Bubba or Ted's religion. I think when we said no, like the prayer yeah. for Ted Scott, it's like that was never no even in the thought process. No. It was like yo, just like. Like on the outside looking in, it looks like he treats this guy like shit. Yes, yes, very much so. And it was kind of a sympathy for Ted Scott, yeah. if anything. But whatever, moving on. Uh, Celine Boudier, final round 63 to win the ShopRite LPGA Classic. Ran down, listen to this duo, Jen Young Ko and NB Park. That was a hitters only golf tournament this weekend. Bad bogey for Jin Young Ko down the stretch on 15 on the par three. Um, Which would have been back-to-back wins for her. Is that right? Did she so. win the previous week? That's right. Um, I wanted to shout out Maria Fossey for a fifth-place finish. She's kind of you know bottomed out a little bit and seems to have, have bounced back. That's in a very strong leaderboard. Fifth place. That 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 uh, fifth-place finish. Fifth-place finish stuck out to me. I think she. I was I was trying to figure out a couple weeks ago like how she's gotten so many starts, and going back to the uh, corn fair, like you know, talking about points versus money. Before the LPGA moved to the points, uh, they like I think her her finish at the U.S. Open just propelled her to you know well above where she should have been points wise because the purse was so inflated mm. versus all of the other ones. But yeah, I mean, good to see her back with her uh, Patty Tavitanikit, uh, Jody Ewart U- U- Shadoff had a, a great week. I know she's been kind of battling back the last last year or two. Uh, Madeline Sagstrom played well, but uh, Celine. Bogey free, sixty three today. That's I didn't see it. Where were they? Uh, New Jersey. Gotcha. Okay. Galloway. Uh, which? Oh, the Atlantic City. Yeah. 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 It's it, it. sucks that they that they play these three round events. I'm well, curious as to why this is. Is it's it money? Is it's, it money? So thing? it's so it's it's so that the um, tournament can can do two pro ambits, mm. um, which is you know the margins are tied on the LPGA tour. They've got to they got to do that in certain spots. Now for new tournaments, they're. They have to be four rounds. Gotcha. These are kind of. I'm super stoked for the the event this week. Um, I think Mountain Ridge. Uh, Lauren Coglin was out there today. She was. She said the course looks awesome. I know Cody and 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 Randy played it earlier this year hmm. too. So, um, I think this time of year it's kind of like, gosh, there's only there's, you're fighting it for so many other eyeballs in so many different places. Like, a, you know, if that's what you got to do to add tournaments onto the calendar, three rounds then is kind of you still kind of get that dramatic finish probably even more likely in a end of a three-round event but anything else before we wrap it um anything else on your list tc mid-am i don't think we talked mid-am we did not talk mid-am uh look like a great week another underdog story (laughs) the professional amateur yeah stewart hagestad wins another uh u.s mid-am at sankety head which Um, is the perfect place for him to win it (laughs) (laughs) nantucket 
know. I want to give a shout out to the Florida zone and Jacksonville zone. Devin Hopkins made the, uh, made the sweet 16, just an ultimate grinder. He'll be featured eventually whenever we get our Gasparilla content out. Uh, I play with him at the Gasparilla and play with him a decent amount in Jackson. Uh, guys, extremely hard worker. And he, he finished dead last at the Florida mid-am uh, this year and made the uh, Sweet 16 at the U.S. mid-am. Like, that's just the kind of player he is. So, shout out to him. Where do you fall on the whole Hagestad thing? I mean, I, like, the guy works hard. He's a, he's obviously a great player. Like, hats off to him for that. I think I think the biggest issue that people have with him is, like, he pretends like he works. And he I don't know enough about that. You know, I, I, I think... The whole mid-am scene is very... Uh, I was just going to say, back to, throw it back to Kucher. Kucher got offered, when I played with him, he got offered a bunch of money to stay amateur. And I'm imagining it's something very similar to what Stuart has done. Like, these big business, like, I don't know what you want to call them, financial guys, whatever, they are like, hey, we'll give you a job. We want to be behind you, and we want you to be, like, the best amateur type deal. Um, and Kucher turned it down to play... Obviously, what he has, but good move. I think that I would. I'm not for certain. This is obviously just speculation, but I would be shocked if there's not people behind Stewart that say, "Hey, we'll give you a job and pay you whatever, and you play golf and you be like the next Bobby Jones type deal." Like you. Well, I think that's whatever. definitely like part go, of the deal. Yeah, but it's all. I mean, it's also like he comes from an extremely wealthy family gotcha. as well, yeah. which you know, so that helps. It it's t- it's like he's still really good. Yeah, and it seems like uh, he's obviously really good. But he would be if we're talking about like corn fairy guys, he would just be in that group, right? If Cameron if Cameron Young wanted to come out and play mid am golf, he would dominate it, right? And that's kind of where Most like, when you're you're not dealing with a dude that is balancing like a full time job, really, you yeah. know. So like, what what is that judge of, right? He just never turned professional, yeah. right? So it's not like there's some of those dudes that play in this mid am stuff that are they like legitimately work a lot and yeah. are. There's a lot of commercial real estate a, agents yeah. and a I bunch a, of you know insurance agents and all that, and power to them too. Like they've got families and all that. Whereas he's you know he's just it's not apples to apples. At it's all. not, yeah. but it, that's just kind of the mid am game. Like I got a buddy I went to college with, and he's got a family. He works. Um, has a really nice job. It works for Purdue, managing like their endowments and whatnot. So he works like full weeks, but he wants to be a top level mid amp player. And so he finds time to go play in some events and get lessons and has a simulator in his basement to try to make it work. Cause that's like his dream. Cause he always competed and which is tough to think about competing against a guy that just yeah. is very good and just gets to play golf all day. Like we do. Like in theory, the top mid am should cycle out a lot. Like it should be really, you know, yeah. It shouldn't. It shouldn't be. A, it's, a, it's a tough format. I mean, a couple rounds of stroke play, then match play. Like it, it anything can kind of happen. And if you're winning a lot of these, it's kind of like, ah, all right, man, something might not kind of be right here. But I think part of it whatever. too is the like, fact that he's, you know, doing the Ron Burgundy anchor. Yeah, just he's just anchoring and all that. Just well, I knew I knew we were going for one final dig <laughs> in, in some way, but. Uh, yeah, if I, uh, if I was like competing in one of these and ran up against him, I kind of, I would be kind of like a really, really, man, this sucks, but that's, uh, Which we'll I, cross that bridge when we get there. And it's not like we'll he's, he's the only one that like amateur golf is rife with all these reinstated. That's the thing. That's, I have a bigger that. issue with reinstated professionals in the mid am scene. I think there should be some, some event that is, if you ever earned a dollar playing golf on a professional shot, you're ineligible for That'd be. I, I could know. agree to an extent, but then you got a guy that plays all through college and turns pro, tries it for five, six years, whatever, and realizes like I'm not cut out for this, but I still love to compete. Like 
to not have a chance at like the U.S. Mid Am would suck. Which maybe it's not the Mid Am, but like yeah, yeah. a different championship. I, and I'm okay with that. I'm yeah. okay with that because I, I agree. Like the experience you get playing professional, oh my is different, god, all yeah. that. But at the same time, like it would suck to not be able to compete at a high level on an amateur level if you just played professional golf. Like that would be like yeah. a kick in the pants. But it's also like for you know, like I go and play in some of these tournaments and and I you know people are like oh great job you finished thirty. It's like Dude, these, some of these dudes have dedicated like literal years of their life and made it their their income to do this sport. Like it's not yeah. we're not playing on a level yeah. playing yeah, field sure. here. It's, it's definitely not apples apples on that one. Right. That's it. It'd be cool if they did like a U.S. Mid Am type deal of solely am- never your professional. entire amateur yes. career. They should bifurcate. Um, and then they yes. should do. <laughs> no, then they should do like a verse like a one half is like the people that have played before, and then one half's like the AMs, and then you. And then you meet in the finals. Yeah, like it's like <laughs> winner goes to the it's Masters. Like, it's just a ma- it's like just match play that way, and then it, it, you end up with like the best. Interesting. And to be clear, this would not fun. get rid of the the Hagestad issue here because he's yeah, never been a professional. Correct. But yeah. there are just so many dudes that are like, oh yeah, like you played on the Corn Ferry Tour, man. <laughs> now we're playing the same. Uh, you played pro golf for eleven years. Now we're playing yeah. the same term. That's a little bit. I mean, it's like the same thing with like Omar, right? With PGA, you know. That's a fair PGA point. PGA of America, like he's not he's oh. not living the same day to day lifestyle as all. Yeah. These <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Rest in peace, Mike Williams. Very yeah. interesting place to have the mid-am, too. I heard that the volunteer situation was a disaster because they couldn't get any volunteers because they're on an island. Mm. The lodging situation was was tough. Can't stay off the island. You got to take a ferry to get to the island. We got Aaron Hills next year. Aaron Hills in Blue Mound uh, is, is, is the other stroke play spot. And then uh, 2023, Heater, Sleepy Hollow in Fenway. Mm. Dang. Mm. I'm a... Try to get in the mid amps right No, now. see, this is what I'm talking about. Those are some nice clubs. I will say next next time, please don't do it during the Ryder Cup because that I did not even try to qualify this year because it was like, all right, well, I couldn't go anyways. But doing doing the I get and they changed the date of the Ryder Cup, so it's probably not their fault. Yeah. But I was gonna say it looks like it's back to like that September, like at least looking at I'm looking at 2025. It's in it's in Arizona, Troon, uh, which is an interesting spot for it. But September 13th through 18th. Uh, let's see. Next year, I feel like the USGA has it planned out like literally twenty yes, years. It's like kind of wild. Are set. Yeah. All right. I think that about uh, puts a pin in this one. For thank you for joining us for a Sanderson recap, Corn Ferry recap. Huber, thanks for coming by the Kill House, yeah. sharing some brilliant insights with us. Honestly, how's your game? What's what's going what's next on? for you? Uh, second stage of Q School in a couple weeks. I got my third pick for sites. I have never not got my first. Got my third, but fortunately, I guess my. My third choice was in Plantation, Florida, so um, not too far, and uh, feels good. I've been working hard, obviously everyone has, but um, then logging some hours, and I think we're getting there. It's just like anything else; you got to go, you got to go play well, no matter what site you get for second stage. You got to go make birdies. Um, typically, it, double digits is what it takes for four days. So, hopefully, just go play solid and. I'd like to make it a little less stressful than I did at first stage, but I don't know. I'm excited. I'm excited that I played second stage twice at Southern Hills, um, got through both times. So now a new course, uh, go learn it. And and then you get through second stage it. and you're, go to final you're guaranteed stage. to play somewhere next year. Then, right? You'll have status. Yeah. Um, whether you top 40 at final stage, will get full cards. Um, and they're playing that in Savannah this year. It's a curveball. Which is at, awesome. At it, the landings, but not different the course, courses, than, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Um, two different courses. So yeah, all close and it's up for that. moved up a month earlier. So the weather shouldn't be too much of an issue. So 
Um, looking forward to it. Really exciting time coming up. So look forward to following along. And thanks for thanks for coming by the kid yeah. house tonight. Last so, cue. Did anybody see Harris English on game day? I, I didn't. It. Wa- I missed it. I watched. I, didn't I saw I picked Kentucky. He was the one yeah. guy that picked Kentucky. I saw Interesting. That. Yeah. And it won. Well, he's a Georgia guy. That probably makes <laughs> yeah. a lot of sense. But I bet P and uh, P and J were. Mm. We're pissed off at that. That Reed didn't get the call for <laughs> yeah. that one from the winning Ryder Cup team. And, you know, and a huge Notre Dame game. That's right. You know, last weekend. So. That's right. All right. Well, uh, we'll have some, hopefully, some interviews coming from the uh, Constellation Furick and Friends event here in Jacksonville, the senior tour event uh, up here, which, you know, hoping to nail down a few interviews this week. Should be good if it if all goes to plan. So we'll see. But uh, otherwise, we'll see you back here next week. Cheers. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. That's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Expect.